Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. Well, good morning, Freedom Church here locally. Good morning. Good morning, everyone online. Dominique says hi. Uh, from back there. But no, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, can I be real with you guys this morning? My, my heart is heavy. I, my spirit is weak. I've, there's just so much going on right now. And I just feeling the weight of delivering today's message has definitely been wearing on me for some time. So with that, I do want to acknowledge because I got to get that feeling while we're, you know, getting the message ready this, you know, for this morning, that I just want to give credit where credit is due and just honor our pastor, Pastor Benito, that has been preaching his heart out to an empty room for so long, and then finally within the last couple of weeks, you guys are, are braving it, you're here to, in, to encourage us, to, to join together. Look, it's, it's a hard time to be preaching God's word. But how many of you guys know it's, it's an important time to be preaching God's word? Amen? And so he's, he's getting a well-deserved break, which I know multiple other things were canceled, and he just kept pressing through, and he gets that. Um, I will say it was a surprise to see you, CJ. Thank you for, for joining us this morning. I, I wish we would have been able to get a song going. or, or Man, take the mic. You preach, man. Uh, but, but no, it, you know, obviously I, I was talking to one of my friends that's, that's retired and I asked him, I said, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in that middle spot. I kind of consider myself young. Some people think I'm old, whatever. But I asked a friend of mine that's retired. I said, have you lived years this, like, like this? And he goes, Joel, in my history, never. This, This is up there for one of the toughest years that we've been through. So with that, I would just ask that you guys pray for me this morning. If you guys could just extend your hands, let's just pray. And then let's, let's also pray for, for God to open up our hearts because today's word is going to be heavy. And I want to make sure that we are, we're ready for that, right? So let, let's help me pray and, and extend your hands this way. God, thank you so much for this church that, that's all praying for me. Right now and online, God, I, I thank you that you've given us this community, that I, that I don't have to do this on my own, that, that I'm being supported, that I'm being loved, God. But, but now I just pray that your word be the one to speak today, not me, God, but your word just penetrate our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So have you ever seen a child in their most innocent expressions? It's one of the cutest things to see. Uh, I have three boys, but my youngest I want to tell you about, his name's, his name's Mateo. And, and little Mateo's almost two years old, and he thinks he's the oldest, right? And, and he is an awesome little dude, and, and he fights with his brothers, and he holds his own, and he's, he's a strong little homie. But let me tell you, his soft spot is tractors. Let me tell you about this boy's obsession with tractors. It started as soon as he could speak. And if he sees a tractor, he wants to play with it. All toys aside, he goes straight for the tractor. 
He wants to hear tractor songs. There's a blippy song that they learn how to tell Alexa to sing. And it's a tractor song. And it's, it, I've heard it thousands of times, I'm sure. He wants to see pictures of tractors. He wants to see videos of tractors. When we went to Mexico, we, there was many tractors in the areas that we were at. And every time he'd see a tractor, the, the other boys just wanted to see his excitement. So they'd say, hey, Mateo, look, look at the tractor. And he was like, wait, where's the tractor? Where's the tractor? Well, little did Mateo know that his dad had a tractor. You see, my little riding lawnmower, to him it's a tractor, my little riding lawnmower had been sitting in the shed this entire season. So while he's had this obsession, he didn't know dad had a tractor of his own. It wasn't until one spring evening that I lowered, put the rails out, lowered the tractor, got it ready. I was crossing my fingers that the battery had held up. Vroom. Get it started. I start mowing the lawn, and next thing you know, Claudia's out there with the baby. Like, he just, he's going crazy. He cannot contain himself. He just wants to be with Dad. Dad, you have a tractor and didn't tell me? Is kind of what I felt. But let me tell you, that excitement, I couldn't bottle it. If I could bottle up and sell it, I'd be a millionaire. But that excitement was so pure. It was so real. It didn't matter if, if he was hungry. didn't matter if he was tired. didn't matter if his diaper needed to be changed. The moment he saw that tractor, he just wanted to be with me, and he wanted to ride it. And I'll tell you, I tried to get him down, and he would not come down. He was on my lap the entire time we mowed the whole lawn together, and I've done that a couple times, and he still wants to do it. So it's that vision. I want you to envision, and for your child or for you, it might be an excitement that you've had. Think about that excitement that you just could not contain. Didn't matter what was going on around you. Didn't matter what it was. You could not contain it. That's the picture I want you to be thinking about as we go through today's message. Because we're going to spend most of our time in Jeremiah. Now, the second you hear Jeremiah, you think, 29-11. I'm ready for it. Go ahead, read it, Joel. It's my favorite verse. Got it tattooed right here. I got it on my bookmark. I got it on my, you know. Jeremiah 29-11, I love reading it. Here we go. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And this is where everyone just... Oh, they love this part. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Woo! Get off the stage, Joel. The sermon's over, right? And that's the Jeremiah we think about. I, I went to see how, how much, how widely known is this, is, this, um, is this verse. I decided to go to Amazon.com. How many of you guys have ordered something on Amazon.com recently? Yeah, I'm sure. Got Amazon trucks coming to your house. It's, they already know, know your favorite color, the drivers. And I just, I checked, and I said, Jeremiah 29.11. Search. Didn't, didn't put anything else behind it. Let me tell you, the list of what I found was impressive. Bracelets, throw blankets, 
journals, bookmarks, coffee mugs, travel mugs, graduation gifts, pens, keychains, a compass, wall decor, graduation gifts, you name it. But is that the picture, the whole picture of Jeremiah? It's, it's not. And in fact, it's quite the contrary. If you read Jeremiah through and through, get ready to have, you know, you're going to get depressed. It's going to make you sad. It's, it's, it's a tough one to, to read. Because Jeremiah had a heavy message for the people of Israel. A very difficult and challenging message. He was famous for being the prophet that said that Jerusalem would fall. Now, if you're that, if you're Jerusalem, do you want to hear the man that's supposed to be hearing from God say that, the, that the, your whole world is going to crumble? That's not what you want to hear. So when we look at the, the, the life of Jeremiah and the book of Jeremiah, it, it has a couple of themes has a message of judgment for wrongdoings. But then it has a message of restoration and forgiveness. Think of uprooting, tearing down, building, restoring, and planting. That, that's a synopsis of the book of Jeremiah. Again, God's prophet did it for 40 years. And what I love in this particular book is that Jeremiah opens up his heart. And he describes not only the message that he was delivering, but he described how it felt to be the man that was responsible for delivering God's message to his people. And so we're going to read here in Jeremiah 20, uh, verse 7 through 9. And we're going to read the whole thing, but then we're going to break it up into pieces and, and dig deep if you're okay with that. All right. Jeremiah 20, 7 through 9 says this. You deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is like a fire, a fire that shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. So what's this message of fire that he's, what's this fire that he speaks of? You know, there's this series, the fire, there's multiple ways that God uses fire to describe and teach his people. And in this message, we see it as the fire being God's word and the message of God that was so deeply profound in Jeremiah, he could not contain it. It was an overflowing of God's message to his people. And the first thing we learn from Jeremiah is this. We have a responsibility to share God's message. And you might be saying, well, that was Jeremiah. That's not me. That's Old Testament. This is New Testament. And you might be saying, you know what, it's the pastor's responsibility to deliver God's word. It's not my responsibility. It's, it's the Bible teachers that, that teach Bible studies. They're responsible to deliver God's message, not me. But the Bible says in Mark chapter 16, 15, Jesus says to them, 
go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. These were the last, last words that were spoken and read right before he's about to descend. He's speaking to his disciple, his disciples and he says, go and spread the gospel to everyone. And if the gospel has made it to you, it's because they took that seriously, their, the generations took it seriously, so on and so forth, and it made it to you. Now what do you do with the fire that's come across you? We're going to unpack what this means for us today. Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, this message, this direction we were going to go with this was already in flight about a month and a half ago when Benito asked me the question and said, Joel, can you deliver a message June 14th? And I said, yes. Okay, what, do you, what, do you, what are you going to preach on? And I said, well, we talked about it, and this is what we ended up on. And I kept running into a block. What, what do I say? What, what is the message? What is? And all of a sudden, our country got swept up off of its feet. And I was like, God, you, you have a plan here in why you delayed me even getting ready for this message with what's going on. And so with the recent event, you know, think about before that, think of the pandemic we're going through, right? To see some of you guys with masks on and, and to be cooped up for as long as we have, that's just incredible that we're having to do that. But then to fast forward and to see George Floyd's life being taken away unjustly in a radical form for the whole world to see and then to see what would happen in the following weeks. And, and what I can see is that, you know, people are hurting, people are in pain, people are suffering, people are stressed, people are exhausted, people are fed up. And what we see is the, these, are, these are new issues, okay, even, even some of the problems that have happened with us being cooped up. You know what? It's, it's forcing a lot of families to say, I got I to gotta get this right. There's a lot of broken families right now. There's a lot going on. But I'm going to tell you that these issues are not new. They've been hidden. And all that has happened is it's been brought to light. It's been brought to light. And now we as a church need to, need to, do, need to ask ourselves, what do we do? What is the responsibility? And you might say, you know what? It's, it's so bad right now that I can't share God's message. Maybe I have an excuse not to share God's message now because of how difficult times are. And I am going to challenge you and tell you today that the answer is absolutely not. Now is the time that we as a church need to rise up and we need to address these issues head on directly it is our responsibility now is the time to bring the message of hope the message of unity to the world now is our time and you wonder and you say wait a minute but how, how did jeremiah feel when you know I, I, this is hard god this is hard i'm not saying it's easy but look at what jeremiah says in chapter in verse 7 we already read it but listen here you deceived me, Lord. I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out proclaiming violence and destruction. 
So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. And right before this, he was literally tortured. He was, he, there was plots for people to kill him. Afterwards, he starts cursing the day he was born. He was depressed. If you look at how, if, 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 a, if someone read this and knew about, they, they'd say this man's depressed. And God's word, it, you are going to have to endure some pain for God's word. You're going to endure some pain for, for, for sharing the name of Jesus. You're going to lose friends, potentially, for standing on God's word. Coworkers might look at you like you're crazy. But if, if, if that's all that, that it would take, Jesus paid the ultimate price. He was beaten, he was battered, he was bruised, and he was killed for the sake of the message of the gospel and for him. And so he loved us, and we have to share God's message. Even Paul reminds us to rejoice. (laughs) Rejoice when we're persecuted. You know, when the church is persecuted is when you see the, per- the church explode the most. I know this sounds crazy, but sometimes maybe the church needs to be more persecuted so it could be challenged and put to the test. But let me tell you this. If you read that section, it's literally titled, titled Jeremiah's Complaint in the NIV version. Jeremiah's Complaint. And what we learn here, and this is, I want you to, again, this is a heavy message but I want to make sure that you take away this piece as well. It's okay for you to be real with God. It's okay. God wants to hear your heart. He knows what's going on inside. He knows it better than you do. But he needs you to just say it. Just tell God, God, I am upset right now. I am mad. I am in anger. I'm enraged at what's going on. I I thought this leader I could count on, but now these issues are coming up and the way they're responding, are you kidding me? okay. Be real with God. You might be saying, Joel, I love the Lord. I'm grateful for what he's done. I consider myself a Christian, but I don't know if I'm ready to share God's message. And I'm going to tell you, church, here today, and this is, I'm telling you as an individual, and I'm speaking to us as a church. We have a liability in sharing God's message with others. So we have a responsibility, but there's a liability if we don't take the right response. If we stay quiet, if we're not careful, we don't do what's right and stand true on God's word, we are liable. Romans Chapter 10, 14 says this. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who are bringing good news. You know, there are thousands of of missionaries, tens and thousands, hundreds of thousands that have just anchored all of the troubles of being a missionary and sharing God's words to that passage. 
They've said, I, I, I have a liability. I feel the weight of sharing this message to the point that I cannot contain it. I have to share this message. So what's the liability on the church and on us as a collective church, you might ask? And this is where this message is really burning in my heart. Because now is our time to shine. And if we don't, the implications to us as a church locally and to the broader church are, are terrible. Your neighbors are going to ask you, Joel, what do you think about what's going on? Your coworkers are going to say, what is your take? Your friends are going to call you and say, what's your position? You are going to have many opportunities and you will be put to the test during these times. What will you say? What will you do? What direction will you go? And I'm going to argue that we must start with the foundations of Jesus into this conversation. If it's not Christ-centered, it's not the truth that needs to be spoken. And if we're not careful, we're, we as a church are in big trouble. God has literally given us the keys and said, I have the answer to all of these issues. What are you going to do with those keys? So what's the liability? What could happen? And that's my biggest fear, that the church just sits back, lets everyone else take care of this, and the whole nation starts to lose faith in the church. The whole nation says, you know what? I knew that the church was saying this message of hope, this message of unity. But you know what? They've been silent. They have not done anything. I have zero faith in the church. And what it would lead to, and this is where the implications are so heavy, and this is what I've been wrestling with. We could end up as a godless society where God is completely stripped away from our inner fabric of who we are. And every time that you bring up any other agendas into this subject, there's a liability that you start putting on yourself and on the church. And no matter how difficult it is, we need to share the truth that God's given us you know at work i'm proud to work for a great company um, that has given a platform for our co-workers our ceo literally got on a phone call brought invited every single co-worker at our company it's close to ten thousand employees to join and thousands and thousands of people came on this call and they opened up she shared kind of her perspective on this issue, said our company's stance, made it very clear as a company, and then opened up the platform for all of our black coworkers. 
whoever wanted to share their story. And one really stood out to me. It's one of my coworkers. He does the same job that I do, and he, he does it in the Houston market. And uh, he shared his message, bl- like, bluntly. I mean, he went straight for it. He called everything what it was, and he said, and I want everyone to know on this call, thousands and thousands of people, that I am a Christ follower, I am a Christian first, and if I'm going to continue to share this message, it is only going to happen if I can share Jesus along with that. And I'll tell you that I spoke to him afterwards. Again, he shared a lot of color, but then after that, he dug deep, and, and, he, and then me and him had the opportunity to talk about this. I didn't know his parents were pastors in the UK. And they had been preaching God's word for, for a long time. And he said, Joel, if I get this opportunity to share my story, I'm only going to do it if I can share all of it, which includes Jesus, the center of my life, and the way that I've lived my life. And then we went further to have a discussion. And this is where we were both saddened. We said, you know, he, from his vantage point, he had seen a lot of churches kind of take a back seat, not go address this issue, not, not stand up and speak for, for its own community. And, he, and we started talking about the implications. We started talking about the church taking a back seat. And how many of you guys know and are thankful that Freedom Church and our pastor has been addressing this head on, okay? We, we've been talking this message for over 10 years since this church was founded. But now we have the opportunity to share it even more. And Benito even has gone on to a pastor's group and they had a discussion about this. The city is talking to him about this. We are not taking a back seat. But as you are in your communities, ask your fellow brothers and sisters, are you taking a back seat? The moment we decide to take a backseat on racial division and on other societal problems. It's the moment that we're taking the keys that God's given us and the message that God's given us and we're just handing it over to the enemy to answer however they want. I want to bring your attention to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. If you think about the way that he shared his message of restoration of hope and unity... It was founded in Jesus and in the gospel. I went and started looking at all the interviews I could find. Every, and There's not one time that he doesn't speak to a group and doesn't mention God and doesn't mention Jesus and doesn't mention his congregation and doesn't mention how they're going about things. One of the things that, that just I, it would excite me to just be a witness to, to what he would do he, he would gather up the troops, get everyone together, preach God's word, make sure that it was clear in their hearts first, and then they would go. Man, founded and started in the foundations of the gospel. You know, one of the things that, that I've realized is we as Christians have this responsibility and the liability And you are going to be asked this question over and over and over. And I'm just going to arm you with this one statement that's very simple. Because I've been asked this question. I've been able to share my faith more times during this season than I had in the year past. 
and the years passed. It's, it's been incredible how many times I've been able to share the story of Jesus. So what I would ask you to do and arm yourself with is when someone asks you, what's, what's your position? What's your take? How are you, know, how are you doing? Can, you know, let's talk about this. I want you to respond with something very simple. I'd love to talk about this. I'd love to listen, and I'd love to engage in a conversation. But in order to do that, I do want to make a statement up front. I will need to bring my faith. I'll need to bring God. I'll need to bring Jesus into this conversation. Are you comfortable with that? The overwhelming response I've had from everyone is yes. Totally okay. Would love to hear that. People want answers right now. Yes, they want to hear what, especially if you're that confident in this God, in this Jesus that you're talking about. We got to get it right. Because when we do, amazing things are going to happen. And if we do it the way that Jeremiah did it, I'm going to go back to verse 9 where he says, but if I say I will not mention his word or speak or, or speak any more in his name, his word is like a fire sh- that shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Is his word in your heart like a fire right now? Are you distracted maybe? Because the moment that you allow that fire to consume you and go out to the world, it brings accessibility of Jesus to everyone. You bring the accessibility of Jesus to the world. You have that opportunity and the responsibility. And the gospel tells us all about it, and there's multiple parts of the Bible that talks about it. I want to read here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14 through 20. Follow along. It's a little longer here. For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all and that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, If anyone is in Christ, the new has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Man, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry. That means you got to get up and do it. Ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciled reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. It's a big responsibility. It's a big liability. But we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What would it look like if the church was an army going out and sharing God's message in your own way to the communities and the people that you surround yourselves with? What would happen if if we take the responsibility, if we accept the liability of keeping our mouths shut, and we embrace 
this message of accessibility for the gospel to everyone, everyone, even that person that disagrees with everything you're saying right now, even that person that has a demonic perspective, even, it doesn't matter who, it's for everyone. We see that the amazing thing happens, which is Jesus brings unity. Jesus brings unity. I love Galatians 3.28 where he says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. There is no male, no female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Woo! I don't know about you, but Jesus is the ultimate leveler. He is the ultimate champion. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. He is everything. That word that Jeremiah said, I can't contain this word. Jesus is the word made flesh. He is the word. And Jeremiah may have not known that his name was Jesus, but that in that moment, that word that was in him was Jesus himself that was there at the beginning and the end. So that word that he could not help but contain was because he was prophesying of what was to come, which was Jesus. God, God's looking for leaders. God's looking for mothers for fathers, for men, women. He's looking for co-workers to stand up. He's looking for family members. He's looking for friends, all of his children, to say, I, you, this is a fire that I cannot contain, and I'm compelled to share this message of unity and this message of the gospel. And what I've come to see in such plain sight here in the year 2020, wow, a historic year that's going to be marked for something. And it's not over yet, so get ready. We, we don't know what's next. But either the world is going to consume you in the fire that it is bringing, or God's going to come inside of you to such a point that you will consume the world with him. And I'm telling you, I, 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 that this, this year is going to be a marking year. Either revival is going to come from this, church, or despair is going to come from this, and division. Either hope or no hope at all and despair. Either the weakness of our flesh will come up and bury Jesus inside of us, or Jesus is going to live and give us strength and give us purpose and drive us to share his message. Freedom Church, I know this is a heavy, heavy subject. I didn't bring you many stories. Didn't bring you many illustrations. Sorry that I didn't really make you laugh very much. But I'll tell you that this word is burning in my heart and I can't help but to share it in its most pure form how God gave it to me okay the way that God gave it to me and and this this word is burning like a fire and and, and I've I've had to look at myself and say wait a minute 
Joel, you need, to, you need to take things out of your heart so you can keep burning that fire, so you don't lose distraction, so you don't give up hope. And again, we, we can share with God the struggles we're having during these times. He wants to hear them. But we cannot. Now is not the time for the church to remain quiet. It makes me so sad that the first thing I hear out of people's mouths when we talk about this subject of racial division, of the social injustice, and any, anything that's going on in this world, it, it, it breaks my heart to hear a quoted YouTube video, a quoted Facebook post, a quoted podcast before I hear the Bible being quoted by my fellow brothers and my fellow Christians. I'm not saying you can't talk about these things in other ways. I'm not saying that this, this problem is not multifaceted. I know that it is. And, and you might be saying, and I'm feeling this way, wait, but this message, this, this problem that this world is in is deep, Joel. You don't know how deep this is. You're right, I don't know. Because the further I dig, I see all the tentacles. And it gets deeper and wider and harder and more difficult. But it's great to know that because of that, there's only one, and we know that, that can bring such resolution to such a complex problem. And that is Jesus. And my, my poor words can't amount to describe how to come solve these issues. But I could sure point people to Jesus. It's like having cancer and, and you finding the cure and holding that to yourself while you see others die of the same thing you were suffering with. Come on, guys. You've give, been given the answer. You've been given the freedom. Now, share it. And, and the reason why I can be so confident in this is because we know how this story ends. How many of you guys know that song, I'm going to see a victory, right? Because I know how this story ends. I don't care if the walls are falling down around me. I don't care what's happening. I know how this story ends. I don't know what's going to happen from there to the end. But I know how it ends. Because in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 16, it says, After this, I looked, and, and before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, from every tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever and ever and ever amen that is the hope that you and i know exist freedom church i love every one of you and i love 
that we've been a church that hasn't just been talking about this. We've been living this. So now go and don't be shy. Don't be quiet. Don't be that church. Be the church that is a shining light to the world and deliver God's message that this world so badly needs right now. Whether you're here or you're online, let's bow our heads and and I want to pray. And I just want, I I know, God showed me this as I was preparing, that there's going to be some ruffled feathers with this message. There's going to be some discomfort. I, I might even be questioned, Joel, well, what's, what's your political preference? Where, where are you leaning on that front? And you know what? At this point, there's only one preference, and that's Jesus. We don't have, I mean, it's, there is, this issue is breaking both sides, and we need to point everyone to Jesus. And so as, as, as we're here, if this message has troubled you, and you've been struggling to find the words and sharing your message. I want you to just either raise your hand. If you're at home, God can see you. And just say, God, help me to share your message in spirit and in truth. God, remove my agenda from this and only shine your agenda this. God, I pray for every person now that is feeling this pain, that is feeling the hurt, that maybe has found words to say that they they don't even know what to do with. God, I just pray that, that you point them to the gospel and that you put people in their lives that are ready and willing to share the gospel message. And I'll pray one last prayer for the church, not only Round Rock Church, but the big C church globally. God, I pray unity amongst the church right now. I rebuke any enemy that's trying to divide the church from its purpose of delivering this message. I pray for supernatural unity that no one can contain. And I pray for a fire to start in me, to start in you, church, online and on site, that Round Rock, Texas just cannot contain. We love you, Lord, and ask for you to be with us every step of the way, guiding every single word and action that we take in this ministry of reconciliation that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.